Welcome to the Notorious Scoundrels, a Star Wars Legion podcast, bringing you the latest news, general perspective, and competitive discussion. Hello and welcome back to the Notorious Scoundrels podcast. I'm Kyle. I'm here with Mike and David and Zach. Zach, is that a Death Star on top of your tree? Uh, it is. Um, got this a couple years ago. I think my mother-in-law got it for us. And there's no, it is no moon, that's for sure. Um, it's no simple Death Star either. If you, you have this little little handy-dandy uh, remote here, if you just tap it and you get a you know, little John Williams action going on in the background. Um, it also plays the uh, original theme. So as you can tell, um, in the hands of an adult, it is controlled. In the hands of a two-year-old last year and now a three-year-old this year, it can get out of hand quickly. Um, this year is a lot better than last year. But yeah, no, it's, it's fun to have around. The lights go crazy. The music goes off. It's awesome. Um, it, it, it was it was pretty expensive, consider, you know, all things considered, but it's probably worth it in this house. It, it, gets, it gets its money's worth in this house. Let's put it that way. Whatever you do, don't blow it up so dad doesn't have to buy it again. I made yeah. sure that I made sure that uh, I checked the uh, Hallmark receipt and it says it does not have an exhaust port uh, the size of a womp rat. Uh, so very, we're good. Very good. I mean, you don't have any cats or anything, do you? My cats are always no. like knocking the tree down. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Um, not to go down that rabbit hole too much, but I hate cats. So no, there are no cats in this house and there will never be a cat in this house. Wow. <laughs> cats are awesome, man. One day you and I are going to have a conversation about how awesome cats are. I like cats too. I don't own one presently, but if I've had them in the past, they're great. Uh, all right. Well, today we are not talking about cats. We are talking about Star Wars Legion. Yeah. And more specifically, we are talking about the points changes and other stuff for Rebels and Separatists. So let's just get right into it. It's time for Legion 101. Class is in session. Uh, let's start with Separatists, because they have the least amount of changes of any faction, because they are already perfect. Perfectly balanced faction with no problems. Yeah, they're super fair and interactive. Maybe, uh, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but I thought B1s could have used a little bump. Instead, they got a little decrease. <laughs> um, the, extra the, extra bo- the, ex- the extra bodies. Um, I, th- I think, jokes aside, I, I think that this speaks volumes to the... I'm going to call it the internal balance of the droid faction. Um, and what I mean by that is that it didn't, they didn't really need to touch much. And I think they probably got it right by not touching much because the faction is mostly correct. When you start looking at it, um, I do think droids B1 specifically might need a little bump, you know, eventually, but it, when you look at it and look at all the lists that you can see that you can build with droids, right. That's kind of what you want in a faction. So maybe it's not really that the droids are a problem by being, you know, a little too cheap. Maybe it's just like we're not used to this kind of list building being as wide open as it is with droids. Because if you really sit down and try and build a competitive list with droids, it's wide open. Um, Like you can put a list together and it could be look completely different than your opponent and and just continues going on. There's so many different viable lists, at least in my opinion. Um, So I, I think that this speaks volumes for the overall faction. Um, I mean, of course, the best thing going on is that Grievous and Dugu both took a five-point hit, if I'm not mistaken, right? Um, so, I mean, when you're when you're kind of 
handcuffed to taking a commander or you were until this rules update, um, it's nice to see that they get a little cut, um, which is kind of across the whole board. It seems like all force users took a five point hit actually across this whole change or unless more. Darth Vader. <laughs> yeah. Unless you're more and you get in, you know, um, you got cut by the legs and the arms this time around. But um, yeah, I just think it's, I think it's a, it speaks volumes to the, to the separatists as a whole. Yeah. I mean, I, th- I think separatists are the goal for the most part. Um, you know, I think uh, especially with the decreases to B2s, I think, I think B2 spam is probably pretty viable. Um, I, I think because of the uniqueness of how separatist factions work, you're probably not going to see a whole lot of like B1 combined with B2 stuff going on. Maybe, maybe five B1, one B2, but you're not going to have like three B1s and three B2s like you, you know, with like um, a bunch of like storms shores or like rebel troopers and rebel vets. Like you're just not going to see that. So, um, but yeah, I think I think you're right there, Zach. In that, like, um, separatists definitely got the least changes because they were the, I think they were the most internally balanced. Um, and I imagined as we as we move on to rebels later on, uh, we can talk about some of the the contrast there and some things that probably still need some help. Yeah, so let's talk about these individually real real quick. Zach, you alluded to the force user cuts uh, minus five to Grievous and Dooku. I mean, like, this to me, this is, like, fine, I guess. I, so, to me, uh, the commander changes here. Like, the big thing is the the field commander change, um, right? Like, the fact that you can take Grievous or Dooku at, like, five points less is, is like, okay, I guess I get to take, like, an extra B1 body or something. But the fact that you can take an AAT as your commander now i think is the much bigger change when we're looking at that specific slot in the cis army yeah i ran mall double tank or sorry mall single tank last night with the no commanders and let me tell you it was awesome i mean if you really think about it it's not just a bonus of like not having to pay the tax of bringing Grievous or Dooku, but the size of the base of the AAT, because I'm, I'm, I mean, I haven't played with it yet, but I assume you measure from the base of, of the AAT. So you're talking about, you know, I think those bases are like two millimeters short of range one or something like that. So you're talking basically an entire range band to extend out to your army. And obviously that's huge for droids, especially if you have, you know, coordinate and relays and uplinks, which it's a droid list. It's going to have those things. Um, so like field commander, here's the thing about field commander. It's like one of those things that like, I don't think the separatists needed, um, like in a sense of like, they already had so much going on with coordinate. Right. And like, and it kind of felt like, oh, they have to bring Grievous or Dooku. And that's why they bring so many droids and all that stuff. Now you can kind of just eliminate that. And I'm not saying it's bad. It's just like, I'm just saying it's something you weren't really expecting the, the, the droids to really have. And now they have it, uh, which is cool though. Like, again, you can bring all these crazy lists. Like I saw like a double tank, like triple stack list that probably doesn't exist without field commander. Right. And that feels like what it should feel like. I mean, it feels like you're basically rolling up to, to Naboo against the Gungan army with the you know, big droid army and a bunch of B ones and, 
know, two tanks and staps flying around. That's what it's supposed to feel like. Um, it's just funny that like the whole thing up until now is, well, they have to bring Grievous to Duke. Well, now they don't, um, you know, again, we'll talk about contrasts later. It's something like you kind of wish like rebels would, would have gotten a little bit maybe um, like, but obviously they don't, you know, cause like the T 47 got a lot of help, but it doesn't have field commander either. Um, but that's for later down the show. Right. Um, I was going to say the, it's the fact that you can just get it for five points is super nice. Um, and it's also like that sort of like mass of generics, right? It was just kind of what we're talking about. We're not talking about, we're, we're talking about just having an army that is all droids, right? Just be pure droids. And that's, that's now possible, right? Where it wasn't possible before. And, and like you said, like you said, Zach, it's that, it's that theme of, of being on Naboo and there not being anybody present. It was like the first time the public ever saw this, this idea that was then, you know, that's gone forward in, since in the Clone Wars TV show, et cetera, et cetera. And so I think it was really smart of them to make this change. And it's also just nice that we can have things that are not solo trooper units in charge of an army. I think that's just also a nice change. Um, I was playing, I was actually watching a different game, um, not a separatist game, but Isla in the Saber tank. And I was like, man, that's super cool because now I have a Jedi like leading who is not a 200 point <laughs> Obi-Wan, you know? So it's just, it just, you know, it, it, it's, it was a necessary thing. It opens the field up a little bit in terms of balance, you know, yeah, it's, it's really, really cheap and it's super effective too. You know, I think, I think it was a good change. They, they may not have needed it, but I think for theme reasons, it fits really well. Well, and it's worth noting, like, yes, it's five points for the upgrade, but it's also, you know, 170 points for the tank. the tank in the first place, right? So it's not like it's, I mean, it's quote unquote cheap, but you have to buy the tank in the first place to access the five point upgrade to make it a commander. And it's still more expensive than the other commanders so right well i have i have zero sympathy as a as a rebel because of operative luke but go on <laughs> you know you know yeah um well operative luke also got cut which we'll get to well good i mean uh, I he has know, he's, he's he's pretty busted i also think he's, that, he's like, really good if there's a faction where you're taking a commander and an operative almost every game mm -hmm. it, it's like it's rebels right like that's just yeah, what they do that's true yeah that's just what we do I, I mean to circle back to the five points what you're essentially doing and i get that what you're saying kyle because it's attached to 170 point unit but you're basically spending five points to not spend another 170 on grievous right you're spending an extra five points to bring another tank <laughs> to probably bring another right. tank yeah you know? i mean it's sorry go on I mean, if you were running a tank already, yeah. But it's also not like, I mean, Grievous and Dooku do other things besides fill your commander slot, you know? Oh, totally, totally. I mean, you know me. I, if I was playing droids, which I'm not, but if I was, I would be bringing Dooku in a tank, probably or Maul in a tank. Like, I would want a lightsaber just because that's how I am, and I'm sure a lot of people are just like that. But the options there to be like, nah, I don't need a lightsaber. I just need these B1 meat bags, these two AATs and whatever else I can fit into it. Right. Well, and I mean, that's, that's great. Cause it's, cause now you're punishing your opponents for gambling on their high save commanders. 
because you just have more room for more bodies. Right. And that's what, that's what you're saying. Like formerly you had to pay that extra 170 if you wanted the tank. Right. Oh yeah. I actually think as far as like characters that this affects within CIS the most, it actually is probably Cad Bane. Um, I, th yep. I think, right. Like Cad was kind of a hard fit and I think Maul's going to be in like a similar spot. Um, and having like additional commander options to pair them with, I think is important. Um, you know, I expect them to get a lot of help when we see the generic come out just because of how cheap it is. But like, you know, uh, there was no way that you're really going to fit like a tank Grievous and Maul in the same list and like really have it be super competitive, I think. But you definitely can do tank Maul, um, or tank Cad Bane. Like, I think that's, that's definitely fine. Yeah. You sort of like start to see a move away from aggressive tactics the sort of like i'll be christmasy north pole that everything's kind of centered around has been aggressive tactics in like every single clone wars list that you can make and now we're finding other other ways to other ways to go here and we're sort of like divorcing the we're divorcing the sort of quote-unquote need for aggressive tactics both with the point boost and with the change to field commander and like and i agree with you that it's going to help operatives out the most and just like just like this is helping CAD, Isla was helping Padme as well because the lists I see are a lot of Isla Padme, specifically because Padme and the tank have have a really good synergy. Um, but yeah, it's nice to have this extra this extra hit at least before the generic commanders drop and we get sort of a, a preview of what um, uh, list building might be like in the future when we have access to a generic version of the clone commander or the droid commander. So it's it's worth. Um discussing some like nuances of how field commander works so the tank does not actually become a commander rank uh, basically if you take a field commander upgrade it absolves you from the minimum one commander um, you do give it a commander token to designate that it can essentially issue orders and it also has a courage bubble uh, which is a courage to courage bubble basically that other units can use like a commander bubble. Um, there's one sort of important language nuance in there. The field commander courage bubble appears to be like immune to war weary uh, because war weary specifies that your commander's courage bubble is reduced and the field commander tank is not a commander. It's a tank with a courage bubble. <laughs> so, um, I mean, I, so whether that's intended or not, I'm sort of okay with it because like if, if anyone's not going to be war wary, um, you know, it's the guys that are rolling up behind the tank. Right. Right. Like, yeah. Like, I don't know. Um, there's a thematic defense for it. It's just, it's, it's worth, it's worth pointing out because if you run, if you are running a tank field commander army, 100% of the time you should have war weary in your deck because you're literally immune to it. So, you know, it's not even like a Republic list that has a bunch of phase twos in it. Uh, like you're just, you're straight up immune to it. <laughs> um, so yeah, include war worry if you got a tank. I'm, I'm super excited about it. It definitely makes AAT and Saber lists more interesting um, and opens up some good design space. So uh, let's talk about Droidica's minus 20 points. Good change. Good good change. There's there's the camera. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, uh, remains to be seen whether these are going to be a competitive option against Stap Riders. I'm of the opinion that they will be. Um, they're a little bit more expensive, and you probably still have to put like uh, linked targeting arrays on them or whatever. Uh, but I think that uh, for like 85 points or whatever um, after upgrades... Uh, this is a lot of health to chew through, you know, like, I think it, it's kind of just like, it, it's at a threshold where, you know, if you put it in with the B1 horde, you know, three droid deck is on top of it. Like, it's not like they're, they're, they are kind of hard to kill, um, unless you're like massing fire at them. Um, like you, you literally have to push what, 10, 10 hits minimum through on them to kill a unit and assuming they roll no saves, um, and that assumes that they haven't regen shields and stuff. Um, so I, uh, I think it's definitely that they're they're in the discussion now at least. Something that Jordicas have a distinct advantage at doing is being able to um, physically block certain models. So there was a a period where um, a lot of folks were saying like let's use droidicas to block our B1s from Tauntauns or things like that. And droidicas in a similar way, if tanks get more popular, droidicas can block tanks. They can keep them from, from moving around places. There's lots of like tr little tricks you can do uh, positionally with decas that you just can't do with staffs because they're repulsors. And decas are also, they have the potential to go really fast. You have to take more risks, of course, because you have to shut your shields off to do wheel mode. But I think 80 points is super solid if you if you move them right. Um, they do pull a lot of focus, and that's kind of another big advantage of Staps is that you just replicate orders and DECAs can't do that. And so it makes uplinks even more of a requirement in the in the core blob to just to keep the coordinate going, because you're probably gonna spend your actual orders on these DECAs to make them work. And they benefit so nicely from aims that you're going to want LTA, link targeting rate. You're going to want to run assault at least one round so that all the decas can, when they engage at once, are going to be able to have all their aimed attacks and, you know, stack suppression to the ceiling on one target. I really do think like triple deca builds should be explored at 80. I think they're kind of, um, it's tough, right? Because there's a lot of like least resistance attraction when it comes to staffs. Cause it's like, well, I just get free orders and then I have to worry less, right? I have to spend less mental energy. I have to spend less resources to control these units. So they, they have that, they, it's, it's stiff competition. Yeah, I think, um, I think the, obviously the biggest issue is that, you know, they, they lack coordinate compared to staffs, which is a big deal to the identity of the army. Like you were saying, they, you know, you probably need to bring assault and you need to get orders on them. Um, to get their true value. Um, the thing the thing about them is that they're a tool and you have to understand that if you're putting them in your army, that they, they're going to be a certain role, just like staps, like staps provide a certain role, like staps are fast flankers that, you know, can do some work on your opponent's back line while the rest of your army is doing something, you know, behind it. Right. Um, wheel mode. I think everyone kind of forgets wheel mode speed three and it's fast. And when you need them to be fast or get to a position where you want them to be for like a, a later turn, they can get there really quickly. Um, and they're obviously again, beefy, like Mike said, they're 10, you know, 10 hits have to go through to kill them in the right kind of situation. 
I, I think ironically that they're probably a unit that benefits a lot from the field commander situation because you have to bring assault anyways. And I mean, right now we're kind of in limbo because I think if you bring a field commander and you don't bring an operative, you really only have four cards and it's not a legal command hand. I know that like for team league, I don't know if Dave, if you're, if you're making a rule for that. And I know that the latter, you know, league is making a rule for that. I get that. Um, but essentially you actually need the generic, you know, command cards to come out to really make this probably work with actual legal list building. But that's where like, let's say in theory, the three pip for the, in that generic pack comes out and it gives out three orders, like most three pips do. Right. Well, now you have assault and now you have another three pip that gives out orders and maybe that's where they can kind of slot in. Um, right. Because in that kind of a list, you might have the flexibility of uplinking two B ones, getting the chain going along. Maybe you have a relay in there. You pass them to your tanks, you order that, you know, the, the deck is right. And then in your bag is like two core tokens. And at that point you're fine with it. It's naked B ones, like whatever. So like maybe the field commander works out in that situation. Um, and they, they provide a specific role in your army. Whereas they're a fast moving, they could kind of like be a fast moving, like flanker, like a stat. Or they can be like a slowly move up with your army. And next thing you know, you have a beefy unit in your front lines. That's also firing a suppressive gun with a decent fire, you know, decent pull with LTA. So I, I think that the option is there, whether there, whether that happens or not, I, I think really comes down to play style and how, you know, it basically, the question is always going to come down to, do I want this unit over steps in, in that kind of a role? Um, I think that it's not an easy question. It was before. I think it's a difficult question now. And I think it really depends on how you play Legion. Uh, I know personally that if I played droids, I don't think I would like steps. I, I, I don't really like speeders. And I, I know we'll talk about speeders and the change that happens. And it's really good for speeder. I just still don't like them. It's just my personal thing. I would probably run Dekas just because that's how I play the game. Um, so for me, you know, I would probably run them and I understand, and I'm sure other people think of the same thing that I am, which is good. Cause like three weeks ago, it wasn't even a question, right? It was just like, well, if I'm bringing a support unit, it's steps or I'm not bringing a support unit at all. And it's good to at least have it in the discussion now. I guess Jordicas suffer the most too, because they, they want to be Tauntauns. Like they don't get repositioned. Yeah. And yeah. so, and so ideally, right. You would, you would get like a super high act count and then like get into firing position late or you know wheel mode your way to a good a good place and then just dive in but unfortunately you don't get that extra pivot thing so your effective range is reduced slightly because you have to spend time turning and yeah. so i mean they just benefit more from higher acti and they but they even then they still need more time and steps are somehow just a lot more flexible because they have that compulsory move I, right. I think that that comes down to I think being really familiar with with Droidekas and being able to plan ahead. I also think that it's worth mentioning at this juncture, um Droidekas are definitely the best like support unit in the CIS arsenal against ARC troopers. Um as far as like being able to shut down piercing crits like there's there's really no other options um you know four shields is a lot um and so i 
you know, that's that's just something to keep in mind. Like, you know, the dodge tokens on the staps don't really do anything. Um, and so, and, and like, the sniper, the droid snipers have kind of, uh, I don't know. They haven't really had a heyday, at least, you know, uh, not not to the extent that we expected them originally to be. So I think I think droid egos are in kind of a, a unique spot where they can kind of maybe the meta is right and now their points cost is right. You know, I think they've got some room. So, yeah, droid TLDR, uh, more durable than steps, slower, slightly more expensive, not as order control friendly. But definitely significantly more durable. Some some niche uses like blocking. So, yeah, maybe something to explore a little bit. Eighty points is definitely much cheaper than they used to be. So, all right. So we actually, you guys alluded to the compulsory move change. Let's talk about that before we move on to B twos because this does affect probably Staps the most, simply because Staps were previously the most competitive speeder unit. I think. You could put T forty seven in that conversation now too, but um, let's let's talk real quickly how this affects whoa, whoa, whoa. speeders in general. Did you, did you just whoa. sideball T forty seven as the best speeder unit in the game? Like, what was that? No, uh, at least in the conversation for a decent speeder unit or a good usable speeder unit. Okay, All that's right. vastly different than most competitive speeder unit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, I just wanted to clarify there because that, right. that was like that was definitely like curveball in there. Just like, you know. <laughs> I mean, for real though, T forty seven did T forty, yeah, it really did. We'll get to that when we talk about rebels. But let's talk about how this affects speeder units in general real quick, the compulsory move change, because this definitely affects Staps, who were already a very competitive speeder unit. Yeah, so the, the short of it is you get to choose to take your compulsory move at the start or the end of your activation, which is super handy if you didn't want to move before firing again. That's the TLDR of it as far as I understand it. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that this is super important, right? Like, it's the difference between being able to, like, completely set up a shot and being able to, like... Like, the issue with compulsory moves in a lot of situations was that you ended up, like, overshooting the unit on the second um, on the second turn a lot of the time, or you, you were just, like, generally out of position because your opponent knew where you were now and it just became a real pain um but now uh that's a lot easier to to do because you stay put before you shoot so um yeah i mean it's you you can aim shoot move now like that that's a that's a big change um so i don't know it also gives you a lot more maneuverability flex where you can like pivot first you know, if you're about to go off the, ta- the table or if there's something not immediately in front of you that you want to shoot, you can take a little speed one move with, with the angle there. Or first. just, like, generally not waste your compulsory moving in a direction you don't want to go, right? Like, right, exactly. You know, I mean, like, if you if you take a compulsory and you're like, I really wish I was going that way, <laughs> you know, it like, you kind of waste the first half of your movement because you can't, change course until you hit the the notch right so i don't know that's a that's a big deal yeah Yeah, i mean sometimes you probably felt obligated to save an action to move again because instead of like you probably go like compulsory into a spot where you want to take an aim but you know that if you're tracking a certain direction you shoot and then move 
uh, I don't know how, how, but probably not as like important with stats. It is more important for T47, I think with the base and how it flies. Um, Kyle, I'm assuming that it's probably the best thing about stats is that it probably keeps their coordinate to, and keeping you somewhat closer to the army. Cause if you need to like, if, if you need to like stay in a certain position for the coordinate to work, obviously ranges help and stuff like that. You could obviously save it and go, you know, aim, shoot, and then like take like a hard L if you have to. Um, there's a lot of different things you can do. I mean, it's, it's awesome. I mean, that was my biggest gripe about speeder and, and now it's gone. So this makes wedge mandatory, by the way. Like you're, you're never not taking wedge. Now, he's also only you, like one point now. Right? Yeah, he's also one point yeah. because they they took him down to like a cost where he's crazy good now, and because you get to choose the timing of your compulsory move, you can like pivot for free, so you get to aim, shoot, pivot, and then run the direction you want to go. So wedge is just super good. Uh, you should always take him basically, but uh, we'll probably do a full thing on the T forty seven later in the show. Yeah, so let's talk, let's move on real quick before we finish Separatist to B2 Battle Droids. Scary. Scary points reductions here. Uh, well, it should, it should be noted, again, similar to Field Commander and, like, you know, that 3-pip. We know the T... Oh, geez, I'm going to botch this. Two, T50? Is that what it is? The um, T-Series droid? Is it just T-Series? Or maybe it's 50s in my head for some reason. 55, I guess, for what it is. But we know that you can slot it into B2s, right? And essentially take away, you know, the AI uh, attack, right? Is that what it does? Yeah, so so we we don't know what the actual commander unit does, but the personnel upgrade was spoiled at Gen Con on one of their streams. And basically it's 18 points, uh, throws a red dice at range three, um, removes AI, and also gives you a reliable. So all of all of those things are extremely useful for B2s specifically um, because they're vulnerable to AI because they don't have coordinate. They don't surge in either direction, so the reliable is just free gravy there. And um, the range 3 red dice lets you supplement the B2HA, the grenade launcher pool, at range 3 to have three reds and a white with blast at range 3. <laughs> Which is good. really good. <laughs> yeah. Like another way of looking at that is if your target is in heavy cover, right? That's roughly three three hits past heavy cover, which is essentially the same thing as five hits, which is like a short trooper at range three, you know, referencing them because they're, they have such a terrifying range three pool. It's effectively the same when you're shooting into heavy cover. Now it's an exhaust weapon, so you have to let it cycle or you have to take the recover action if you want to shoot it repeatedly. But still... You know, B2s are like, oh, well, they're just a range 2 unit. The range 3 pool is bad. It's like, well, you know, first of all, they got cut, right? The the base unit got cut by 3, and the weapon upgrades both got t- cut by 2, so whoa, it's whoa, minus whoa, 5. Whoa, whoa. Let's be clear here. The B2 ACM got both cheaper and more expensive <laughs> in this points update. Yeah. Um, so there's there's a weird... <laughs> this, this appears to be a typo, because the B2 ACM is listed twice, one for 24 points and one for 30 it seems pretty clear that the second one is supposed to be the HA. Um, I mean, yeah, we're, uh, yes, but like, right. <laughs> that's not the what invade, it says. I know that's not what it says. It's it's extra weird because it's just listed twice. Anyway, um, <laughs> it's not. 
it's not clear who we would even go to to fix this typo right now, or if we're trying to figure it out. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so notionally, everything got cheaper. Um, at some point, the T-Series is going to come out, and you can slot that bad boy into a B2 unit, which right now, I th before the T-Series, I think it's, you're probably still just taking one, you know, at like the tail end of a B1 chain. Now, granted, you know, there's super cheap access, relatively cheap access to Armor 1. They have a terrifying range 2 dice pool, and if you give them the, the grenade launcher, a decent range 3 dice pool. Um, but I don't think they're particularly, like, spammable until the T-Series comes out. And then once that happens, I mean, I think you could run 6B2s if you want to, and it would be good. <laughs> Which So what you're saying is you would have to buy 6B2s and then 6 specialist packs, presumably, right? 7, um, because you need a commander, too. Right. Sure, 7. <laughs> so what you're trying to say is we're all just going to play a Moneyball uh, moving forward. Well, uh, yeah, understood. Well, I, so I hope that is not, like, a top-tier competitive list, because you definitely don't <laughs> want to... I mean, that's like a what... Probably three hundred bucks, just on that. Uh, um, what special? Yeah, it'd be like it 25, would twenty-five, thirty bucks. Well, they're probably up to twenty-five. If I had to take a guess now, right? It's probably so, more than three hundred, actually. Yeah. Yeah, the specialists would be one fifty. It'd be about seventy-five. Yeah, the B twos would be they're thirty-five a piece, so that would about be three. It's about three sixty range. Yeah, it'd be right? like a four hundred dollars. Yeah, three sixty four hundred. Just welcome to the Warhammer. <laughs> yeah, which if you're playing Warhammer is like one unit. Right, it's like the, oh, the whichever forge world tank happens to be OP at the, at one particular time. That's not exaggerated. Yeah, yeah. You know what? You know what? If anyone listens to Kyle and decides to do this, they should take a picture of their receipt and email it to him and be like, "I blame you." That's what we're gonna do. For yeah, I want to see you. I want to see receipt screenshots on Facebook. What are you Facebook? talking about? Kyle doesn't need someone to give him a receipt. He's already done this. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I actually no, don't I think, tell them my secret strategy for Worlds Twenty Two. I think I think the I think the number I've settled on when I've been like theory crafting is actually four, like four B twos uh, and then two B ones, just because I really like them all, and you can actually like still get to ten activations with four B twos, two B ones, Maul, the T series, who we know is we don't know anything about him except that he's fifty five points. And then, like, the Sith Probe Droids and 1BX Strike. That's 10 activations. You can have 4B2s with the T-Series and the Grenade Launcher. And save $105. There's your Cyber Monday sale. Right, exactly. So that's, you know, the 2B2s is 70. That's two less T-Series, so that's another... Oh, actually, 120. 50. Sorry, 120. Yeah. Look at yeah, that. There you go. See, that's, <laughs> like, that's, like, practically free, you know? Clearly, clearly. <laughs> so if you, uh, if you, I don't know, do we sell Legion in the store right now? No. Ah, oh, damn. Okay, never mind. I was gonna uh, say you could go to fifthtrooper.com slash shop and buy it, but if we don't sell it, then rip. Hey, man, use the, use the promo code Disney, B2. Then, then I would. We'd love to. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you guys got anything else to say about B2s? Uh, not looking forward to a unit restrained by its by AI. You know, <clears throat> no longer being restrained by AI. I mean, yeah, that whole package is. Care. So we should be clear about one thing with everything we referenced there, right? The, the base B2s, the T-Series, and the grenade launcher. That whole package is 93 points. Yeah, we're, we're in like so, phase yeah, two it, territory at that point. Yeah, way, it's right? like a phase yeah. two. Yeah, It is. Yeah, it's. I mean, that's a special forces unit cost, it, essentially. It just happens to have, uh, what is it, 12 wounds? 
No, eleven wounds. Park park behind. It's nine. The base the base oh, has three dudes in it. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah. The heavy I, the heavy makes it four, see, so that's why, eight. This is why I just and the two just series is one. So it's pile. it's nine, but they do have armor one. I was gonna say you're probably you're probably thinking heavy cover armor one and the nine wounds is yeah, essentially twelve. That's what I was thinking. Um, I mean the the thing about it, ironically, is they're susceptible to force choke in a weird in a weird way. Because you couldn't you couldn't actually force choke a B two model previously, but if you slap a T series in, they're only one wound. It's not a two wound model, if I'm not mistaken from the from the preview. So you could essentially you could actually choke the T series droid, and it will remove a B two body because um, the leader he's the T series the leader of the unit. So I mean. I don't know how often you're gonna get folks. Get your choked. value. Come on. <laughs> but come yeah, on. yeah. Get your yeah. value. You're fighting. Yeah, uh, exactly. There you go. I mean, people should just house rule it so that when you put the B2 model back, it comes back with one wound. But in the rules, there's no stipulation that that's what's ha- that, that's what happens, right? I mean, I'm honestly not even sure that's a good idea. Like, I think I would still, if it's a full squad, I think I would still just choke the heavy for one wound so that the next wound you do actually removes the heavy. Right. Yeah. That's the uh, other. That's the other point. Like, yeah, that's always nice to have. Like, because the wound rules, you can kind of direct the fire towards a particular unit with force. Yeah. Just like when you would. That was another thing too. One of the reasons I stopped playing Wookies because people just force choke the bowcaster. Yep. And it's like, yeah, yeah, it's one wound, but now you're just dead because yep. you have to wound the wounded mini if it can be seen. So. Yeah, it's cute to choke the T series, but I think it's probably still better to just always choke the heavy. Most of the time. I mean, once the heavy's gone, like, by all means, choke T-Series, right? Right. Yep. For sure. But yeah, I don't think I would start with the T-Series. Even though you're getting two for one bargain, uh, you know, BOGO, buy one, get one. Um, all right, let's move on to Rebels, because we have a lot to talk about with Rebels. Yep. Really? Are you sure? <laughs> so. So we go from an internally balanced faction to one that needs a lot of changes. <laughs> Well, so let's 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 talk real quick about the state the rebels were in before this, um, because it's definitely not that they were like bad as a faction; they just had a huge delta between a handful of units that were exceptional and like quite a few units that were just not takeable. <laughs> right. I mean, essentially, there was there was only certain lists that could be considered top tier competitive right if, if we're gonna you know point blank say it right like I mean, I, there were I lists that, that were that, that's true well, of all of the factions i don't know if i believe that now i i think that it's wide open now i think well, that's I, I think that's completely form, changed right? like yeah I, I would say that or we, let, let's put it down right you had like arc star and like rec star right two variants of the lists right but imperials kind of had to kind of like work with what they had Imperials so I, did I, not I, have a competitive list it's okay yeah. you can say but it. <laughs> but droids could have droids again to kind of go back on droids kind of had a little bit flexibility and then rebels basically were luke cassian let's be real i don't yep. know if anything else was really super super viable for, for we're, rebels we're, we're talking about like post standby sharing meta, right right well, no, because otherwise pre- Tauntauns are in that conversation. Too. Right, sorry, pre, no, pre, pre, yeah. like when it, pre- when it was still going on, standby yeah, yeah. still going on. Like Luke Casting was pretty much the only thing that I could think that could hold a candle to clones 
androids right. yeah. because the thing about rebels was that they're they were always fine against other rebels always fine against imperials they had to find a way to be good against clones and be good against droids cassian and luke and the army you could put around them kind of did that um obviously mandalorians came out that kind of helped but at the same time they were still a range two unit and then now the standby is gone and droids have a lot of bodies to deal with these points drops across the entire faction help that out because the thing about luke cassian uh, as someone that loves that list is that sometimes you lack the true raw firepower to deal with droids um and, and i'm not and i'm kind of like honing in on it because we're kind of talking about both factions here but Believe it or not, Luke Cassian, were, they were very good against clones because of the, the amount of pierce that you had, especially long-range pierce, right? But what kind of, like, lasts at long-range pierce? B1 droids, right? And the issue with that list is that you'd have to either decide to put in heavy weapons or medical droids, and you, you kind of had to, like, fluctuate with how you wanted to do it, and you had your two core pieces, which is the rebel identity, really, is, right, you have your heroes that you kind of plug and play. But now... With everything that's kind of changing here, which is a long list of things that we'll get into, it opens it up in a lot of different ways. Like Rebel Veterans got a, a massive change. Like the T-47, I mean, Kyle, you know, you'll take us through them all as we go through them. But you're not going to see these changes and say to yourself, well, I'm going to bring Luke Cassian now. You're going to say to yourself, well, I'm going to bring, oh, it's the Wild West. I don't know what I'm going to bring, um, essentially. Like I've sat down and built rebel lists that I didn't even know like would even come to my mind. And, and like three weeks ago, if you saw this list, you would have been like, you're bringing that to a tournament. And then yeah. now if I put it in front of you, you're like triple Wookiees actually might work here. Like it's crazy. I, it, it's kind of wacky. Uh, I'm not gonna lie. I see like a list get posted. and I'm like, my mind has to kind of like take a pause and remember how much has changed in the past two weeks. And I'm like, Oh yeah, I really like that list. You know? Um, which is good. Um, whether it's good that they needed all these changes is another story, but I'm glad that we're going to probably move away from cookie cutter rebel lists, which was for the longest case. I mean, I say it was Luke Cassian, but before then it was really, I mean, how long did Leia Luke run the rebel meta? Really? It was, it was the list for like a year. They're basically the same thing. Just Cassian can shoot for six turns versus Leia getting her one coordinated and then, you know, wait, you know, till shoot round like five and six. It's basically the exact same list. It's just, you can shoot more. That's all. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think that that's mostly right. I just, I, I'm a little hesitant to say that like the Luke Cassian meta is over. I, I don't, I don't know. I, I look at these changes and we can get into them, but like, I still look at all the other rebel heroes and I'm like, eh, um, I mean, to be fair, Luke Cassian got better um, here. Well, I think it's I think it's the other units besides the characters that are most interesting to talk about. Uh, to agree, agree. <laughs> uh, so let's let's just roll through these, and there are a ton of changes. So why don't we kind of hit these like, um, you know, a little bit like a uh, ESPN sports show, and try and just like super quick hits on some of these. Kyle's trying um, to get to bed. <laughs> yeah, he was. There's there's like there's like thirty changes. Uh, yeah, there's a ton a of changes. Nah, if we sat here and talked about them all, like it would probably be like yeah. we joked last week about a ten hour cast. It probably would be like a ten hour cast. Yeah. No, right, legitimately. So Han Solo minus twenty. Not enough. Not, Not enough. enough. Okay, agreed. Jin Erso minus ten. 
also not much much better is a cheap c3 bubble has nimble situational does not have offense for the points Jury's still out. I think it's I think it's close to being enough, but maybe not. I I, I think Jin's issue is is that infiltrate is still really good, but not good on a white saving unit. Um she she wishes she was Aiden and she's not Aiden. Every is, is... rebel hero that has a pistol could be 80 points, and I think it'd be fine. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, I don't. I don't disagree with you. That's the thing. You know, I laugh, but I don't disagree. Well, I think that. I mean, Luke's got a pistol no. too, so maybe that's not fair. Yeah, but, I mean, but like, you know, every everything that's not Luke, Sabine, or Cassian, I think could be eighty points easily. I think it's. T- I think it's tough because I think what's at play in some of these point changes is change of plans for Han is a really strong card, and if you put him on a cheap body, it kind of could be a problem. And I still think that Complete the Mission is actually one of the best cards in the game. It is. It's just attached to a unit that doesn't see a lot of play. So, yeah. like, I think that if I, – I agree that they probably could be 80 and it wouldn't be a big deal. But then again, if we see change of plans and Complete the Mission and spam, you know, situations – you know, the, I don't know. Those cards I, it's a tough are one. not busted, though, is the thing. They're oh, really right. good. You know, like, cha- I mean, I think comp- if you're going to call one of those two cards busted, it's complete the mission. Yes. But, like, change, yeah. of, change of plans is not a inherently broken card. It does something unique, but it, it it's not like, you know, take that clankers or right. tax strike, you know, um, it, it's. I think it, I think it's okay to have that stapled to a cheap body, particularly if that body's not good. So it has an extremely high chance of failure, right? Change of plans, but at least it has the ability to be assault if you need it. That forces you to order Han, which you're probably going to do anyway. So, but I agree. Like, it's, complete the mission is a great card. It's fantastic in late game situations. Trouble is, the offense of the game is now in a place where things die before they get suppressed and panicked generally speaking yeah i mean like i could see complete be busted in clones <laughs> yeah yeah i could see complete honest. the mission good on like mandos or something yeah but it, like, that used, that's actually been what i was using it on was mandos because panic immunity on a on a three up save unit that's hanging a lot is amazing but <laughs> it, you have to take Jin, who you know i could buy dlts with these points you know i'd rather buy three dlts or four dlts with Jin's points well, well and f- frankly the, um, volunteer mission does almost the same thing exactly on, on mandos except it also gives them danger sense <laughs> so, yeah right like i think that's the main price point that we need to be looking at as far as rebels go like in what situation are you ever taking any of these heroes over cassian with a sniper rifle as as your mm-hmm. commander and i just like I have a really hard time justifying it like all of cassian's command cards are excellent you know, um, Crackshot yeah, is debatably the worst, and and like and like it's really good, <laughs> which is ironic, all things considered. It's like yeah. one of the best cards, but it's actually like not his best card, right? It, but but I mean, like his one. his worst card is like better than some of the other heroes' like best cards, and I don't know, I, I just and he's with a sniper rifle, he's what a hundred. Yeah, yeah, he's a hundred. Yeah, I, I run him at one ten with Hunter O push because those are great for him too. Yeah, and, and I mean like with Han and Jin at the same price point as Cassian, I just I I don't see it. I think they need to be at least as cheap as Leia, and I still think that Leia is a better hero than them most of the time. Yeah, 
I agree. Fair. All right, let's talk about uh, Sabine. Uh, minus 10 Dark Saber, Combat Shield, minus 5. I have always taken the Dark Saber at 25 because, um, one, I have this you know, propensity to want to bring lightsabers. And two, uh, Dauntless is really good, especially on a Courage 2 unit that a lot of the times wants to be by herself. Um, so thanks for the 10 points. Yeah, Boba Fett is crying right now. It's what I have to say about this. Like, like I don't, I don't know. Like, like whatever. I the Sabine dark, is really good. Yeah. Uh, so, so Sabine is really good, but I do think. I mean, this is not minus ten to Sabine. This is minus ten to the dark saber. And as much as you love it, Zach, Sabine was not super popular with the dark saber. Like, oh, I know. know. I I would always run her with endurance and recon intel and nothing else. Because her gunslinger is really good. She doesn't have charge, so she's not using it in melee a lot. Um, if you can keep her suppression down with endurance and morale managing cards, like two of Cassian's three cards, then Dauntless is not as much of an issue. Um, so I actually think this was... I actually think this is fine and necessary for the Darksaber. I think 25 was too much for basically Dauntless. Oh, it definitely was. I, I, I agree there. I think fine saying it's fine is fine but i don't know if it was necessary it so I think it was i think it was necessary specifically for the dark saber upgrade i do not think like a buff to sabine is necessary because sabine is good but the version of sabine that that most people were taking competitively was the one that did not have the dark saber right yeah i get it so, i um i don't know now they're going to take sabine with um situational awareness recon intel combat shield is likely what they're going to do because combat shield got a lot cheaper. You have Sabine's recover card and probably Cassian's recover. So you have three uses of the shield. It, the shield at five is actually like really competitive. Oh, it's much better. And I think yeah. I, I'm okay with that change because the shield was just like a throwaway upgrade. I think at this juncture. Yeah. Yep. All right. Uh, Chewbacca minus five gains scale gains lethal in melee. Slap offensive push on him. Um, I, I think Chewbacca's value, uh, probably go, I mean, he probably didn't need the five points. I think the five points is good. Um, I think what helps Chewbacca is that the rest of the changes in the rebel army, um, like basically when you, when you, when we get to vets and Mark twos and his, his, um, synergy with both, both of those units with his guardian, um, I, I think, I think you're going to see a lot more of Chewbacca, um, personally. Um, I've always liked Chewbacca. It's just the issue was that, like, when he got the last points change, right, you weren't really taking lists that needed a Guardian because you were probably bringing Tauntauns and, like, naked Rebel Troopers, and those Tauntauns aren't going to be staying near, you know, Chewbacca, and you don't really want a Guardian Rebel Troopers. So he kind of, like... Faded, faded away just because of the way the faction was rolling. Um, now with all the changes that we're still, you know, that we're going through here, I, I just see him slotting into a list real simply. In my opinion. lists that don't take Cassian will will be much more interested in him now. But I think I think of him versus K two S O at eighty with the Gen pistol. But with calculate odds, it's like no. I, Can't yeah, put. I, th I think it's both? tough. Why not both? Two operative slots. That's true. Um, you might already be running Sabine. You might already be running R2-D2. Yeah, but yeah. Then, 
that means you're if you're playing if you're playing Cassie and Luke, that means you bring in Commander Luke rather than Operative Luke, and I think you want to pay that extra points for. Um, yeah. Oh, if you got Luke in there, yeah, you can't. Yeah, that's too many. Yeah, dice. you should. If you're running Cassie and Operative Luke, you probably just run R two three PO, and say that's it, and you run a medic and you don't run Chewy. But I think I think Leia gun lines, which are which got a lot better with the core buffs that we're going to talk about in a minute, are going to be very interested in taking Chewbacca now. Speaking of R2, 3PO, plus 10, R2, D2. I actually think this is mostly negligible. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, as opposed to what we talked about last week for for um, the Republic, um, I still think you're slotting in R2, D2 wherever you can. Um, mainly because Rebels always have the points to kind of get him in there anyways. And he fits their identity way more than he does Republic. Um, especially an army that usually has multiple operatives anyways. Um, so like token control, you know, token control is a lot different there. And um, considering that we're probably looking at rebels continuing to be mobile with Mando's T47, uh, you know, Tauntauns, like there's all, you know, Sabine, there, there's a lot of things that want to move in the rebel army and R2 can move with them is the is the key component right yeah i also think that um it's likely that we'll see more 3po just by nature of he is less percentage points of the whole unit cost now um than he was before like um i don't know the different the difference between taking him when r2 is 35 and 45 is actually i think kind of a big deal um but I still think we're going to see a lot of naked R2 in Rebels. Yeah, especially in like T47. Unless where that repair is actually giving you mileage. Yeah, for sure. R2 is R2 by himself is like a staple in T47 or the armor focus list that are now going to be possible with, with the cost reductions. So I think you're right, Mike. It's negligible. He slots into lists that need him just fine. Yeah, and, and I also think that like the fact that he's still basically the cost of a of a core unit with no heavy um, is kind of important, <laughs> you know. Like yeah, and he's not in the core slot, which is also nice. Yeah, or the special forces slot. More to the point. Speaking of core, let's let's talk about core. So uh, let's put all these together. Let's do rebel troopers. So all the all of their heavies except for the DLT twenty got cut. Notably, minus two to the Z6. The Ion got minus six. I think that's still kind of who cares. Um, the SX21 got minus three. That's a little more interesting to me. Uh, Fleet Troopers also got minus four. And then, um, well, let's talk about veterans separately because that's a little bit of a different change. But Fleet's minus four and then various Rebel Trooper heavy cuts, excluding the DLT20. Thoughts? Um, Z6s at 60 are crazy. They're really, I mean, I stand by that the Rebels Eat Six is still an amazing unit. It's just people kind of have forgotten. Um, well, they did. They forgot because they couldn't. They couldn't go toe to toe with clones and droids. But now that their costs are slightly lower, standby sharing isn't a thing anymore. And now we have you know situational awareness and captains I mean, that are cheaper. You know, maybe we'll maybe we can get somewhere now. I would argue that the the Rebels Eat Six kind of started to fade when short trooper gun lines were around. Because yeah. you couldn't go toe to toe at range three with them now. Now I think yeah. with shores going up, uh, clone standby sharing coming down, 
the, you're most likely going to see more stormtroopers. I think you're going to see a sprinkling of DLTs and Z6s. Um, and maybe if you're up against it with some points, you know, you bring you bring the Ithorian for 17 because like the Ithorian, you mean the Ithorian, <laughs> right? Ithorian, <laughs> I don't know. Um, I mean, for 17 points for a cheap source of impact with a decent gun, you know, decent gun, I, I could see it happening. I think you're going to see a lot more rebel heavies than you were before. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Um, I think the most notable change here is fleet troopers down to 40. I actually think that fleets become the standard naked choice um now that they're the same cost as rebels because they're actually like without a heavy um they're still like if you can get them to shoot like they're still a really good unit um yeah eight dice on four models yeah for 40 points like i'll run that all day long if it's just like a cheap throwaway unit that was just supposed to be like doing objectives the fact that i got to shoot with it is just gravy you know rebel trooper naked rebel trooper shooting is leaves much to be desired so, so can we now take six fleets and tauntauns? Is that a thing now? Like, because that was a thing for a little bit was three, triple tauntauns and then double fleet with Chewy, and that actually got cheaper, even though the tauntauns got more expensive. All that other stuff got cheaper. Maybe that's a thing. Maybe. Um, I don't know if you want to spam these. <laughs> like, I, I like the minimum requirement three i think is probably fine but they're still they're still like the most they're like one of the most offensively efficient units in the game they are it's just like so. it's still really difficult to like hit the it home is. run right like you it know, is because that's why you have six of them they can't suppress <laughs> us all <laughs> yeah but it's, it's just like the six b2s right they probably just die flat up diet except they don't have armor and they're not immune to suppression right. well yeah it's, it's just like they're also not 93 points well yeah sure putting yeah, an officer in like a fleet trooper unit is like it's yeah. a live it becomes a liability to do that you know what fleet troopers wish they could do close. fleet troopers wish they could take the rebel trooper captain because then they could take offensive push that would actually make them super legit and they'd be suppression immune on the turn that mattered what fleet but, uh, need is a yeah. yeah. <laughs> what do they need? They need an armor satchel. Yeah, yeah, armor satchel. There you go. There you go. Um. All right, let's hit rubble veterans. So there's two changes here, neither of which are points changes. Uh, the heavy, the CM dash zero slash ninety three. I think I got that right. Uh, went up to range four. And look at, the, look at me, mom. I'm a short trooper now. Yeah, right. Exactly. And the MK2 got plus one wound. I find it insane that they upped this gun to range four, but then bumped short troopers up in points. Uh, it seems I'm. I don't understand. I think it's silly. Uh, regardless, rebel vets are now really good. Uh, well, but before they bias. were they were a shelf unit. Like, uh... I, no doubt. I just I think that there are other things you could have done to make them not a shelf unit that don't make them god tier. But I think they're the go to rebel core unit now, and I'm not they're, sure it's particularly close. They're I mean, strong performances up. Yeah, it should it should be noted that they were only a shelf unit because they were expensive. That doesn't mean they weren't good. They were actually really good. This makes them very very good. Like I like. Like I know you make that face call. There was they were very like surge hit unit is just really good. You know what their issue is? Is they don't synergize 
with how the army wants to function. Well, like, it does just, now. It does now. It does now. I, I have I have a nitpick here. So what's what's the total cost of fats with heavy? It's seventy five, seventy six, or seventy four. I think it's seventy five. Okay. So everybody's flipping out about oh my gosh, it's a rebel core unit with multiple dice at range four and critical. Like rebels already have that. It's called the DLT twenty, and it's nine points cheaper for the same number of bodies and roughly the same offense. Well, but but you you also don't get the efficiency of taking a very cheap core unit next to it, right? right. Well, okay, Mark so that's a separate for. point. That's, well, it, I it's think it's, I think it's not fair. really though. It's like like the fact that those two things like it's an efficiency package. Like right. like like what Zach was saying before and the like the like in a vacuum. And and I think like you can talk about all units like this. Like if you take away the points cost and just like look at the unit, right? Like and say, okay, this unit is good, but like once you attach a points cost to it, like whether a unit is good or not is irrelevant because it, the things around it matters and the points cost affects what you can put around it. And I just, I don't know. Uh, this is a really cheap package for range four, and they up the wounds on the Mark II, which is like fine. It was probably needed a little bit, but. I don't know. Uh, this feels like a way too much of a change to me. Um, I don't like uh, it. We'll see. <laughs> uh, so I, I just the reason I brought up the DLT thing is I don't think that these guys like automatically replace rebel troopers. No, I, I totally agree. I mean, if you, I mean, every time I build a list, I'm not even looking at vets, and that's just a personal opinion. I like the DLT a lot, um, and that's personal. Now. That's more of a TTS thing, though. I'm not going to lie. Like, if I were to go play at a tournament tomorrow, I don't have that many DLTs. I'm probably bringing vets. Um, you know, that's for, you know, another conversation. I, I do think, though, that certain lists will want veterans, and those certain lists might be good by bringing them for a lot of different reasonings. Like, like you know, like a Hoth list. I, you know, uh, you played a game last night, Kyle. It was basically a Hoth list. Jay and Evan... Have yep. been talking all day today about a Hoth list, and it, it's it's very real. Like, it, and it's going to be probably pretty good, you know. Yeah, I just don't think the Rebel Core structure immediately changes to like short trooper style three vets, three MK twos overnight. No, it's probably you're only taking one or two of these. Yeah, but which I think is fine, right? Like they're the you know the quote unquote elite core. That seems fine to me. Yeah, I don't know. I think these are still busted for their price. If short troopers are busted, these are definitely busted, and that's all. Well, but they have white saves. Short troopers have red saves. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. And target, which yeah. is infinitely better than defend. Oh yeah, that that is lot. no doubt. But they're also significantly cheaper than short troopers. Like, and it's not. They're like twelve points well, cheaper. The veteran Mark II combo is what, eleven points. Twelve. What's up? They're like eleven points cheaper than well, shores. The, the, it's the combo that matters, though. It's not you can't again. You can't like take it in a vacuum. Sure, right? but the the MK two and the mortar are now the same. They're both thirty eight. So shores are shores are what now? Eighty. Well, are, is a shore shore mortar is still like one twenty. The the. Let me let me just look it up. Maybe I I'll, need to learn all these new maths. I'm not I know, all these important right. values. You know what? I have my own article up. Why am I like? So <laughs> why don't I just look at the so article I wrote? Shore, shore mortar is one twenty-five, with no upgrades other than the heavy. 
The vet is uh that's not the right upgrade. It's it's twelve points difference. It's thirteen. Yeah. But what's thirteen? Okay. No, no, at least it is on Legion HQ. Maybe okay. Thirteen. Um, yeah. Which for red saves on all of those wounds. I don't know. Uh, including the mortar and the and the MK two. Yeah. I just like I think what the rebels got going on is just so much better now. And the mortar's uh, range four. I and I hate that they are like taking the imperial identity and just like handing it out willy nilly. Well, that's another conversation. Yeah, I don't know. I just I think I think that's a very different. I agree there. I think the old you know what was the imperial identity right suppressive and range four shooting. Yeah, that's another. That's a totally different conversation. Like, like it's, you should have gotten range four. Uh-huh. No, that would be busted. <laughs> that that would be completely busted. Yeah, I do think thematically it's kind of bizarre that you have essentially like hip fire light machine guns like the DLT twenty, the DLT nineteen, the RT ninety seven that are range four, and then you have this goes for the E web too. You have essentially like tripod and tripod mounted heavy machine guns that are shorter range somehow, like. <laughs> Yeah, I don't, I don't think too hard about it. Uh, like, yeah. well, you know, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I do think too hard about it. Anyway, I'm sure someone will tell you how the transporter works if you ask them. The what? The transporter. Sorry, it's a, it's a, never mind. Okay, I assume uh, that was a Star Trek joke. It was. Okay. Yeah. It went right over my head. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I'm I'm tracking with you, David. <laughs> thank you. I'm glad. I'm glad someone got it. <laughs> I've seen I've seen the movies with uh what's his face? Chris Pine? Yeah, that's it. Oh, I almost said Chris Pratt, okay. but I'm like, no, that's not right. No. Um, okay. <laughs> Yikes. All right, moving on. <laughs> Those would be the Guardians of the Galaxy. Revoking Kyle's nerd card. Nah. <laughs> hey, that's really close. Uh anyway. Um <laughs> Pathfinders. Minus ten points, Biston. Minus four points, plus one wound to both Biston and Pow. Biston the piston is now eighty six. Seems good. Pow Maybe. still stinks. Yeah, Pow not so great. Pow's still bad. Yeah. 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 I wish Pow could go in a core it. unit. Right. Like if Pow could go in a core unit, like Fives and Dell and and Gideon and and Echo, I think I would feel better about it. But Here's because he super hot take, Pathfinder should be a core unit. I kind of agree because I agree. The issue with Pathfinders is that they're getting this cut while Wookiees are getting better and Mandalorians exist. Um, yeah, because I think I'd rather take Wookiees over Pathfinders. I mean, if I'm being honest, and you still can't really spam Pathfinders because they don't have a generic heavy option. Yeah, I wish they did. That feels like i think at the time it probably felt like it made sense but i think as the game has gone on it just it doesn't feel great it doesn't like i just want like a z6 that i can give to pathfinders or like you know? i would just like to be able to take bistan twice <laughs> like right. you know yeah. Like, yeah. I, I don't know like i just don't want it to like you basically can only ever take one of these because pow is bad right yeah, yeah. you're taking bistan pathfinders. and you can't take them naked because you're giving up a special forces slot for naked infiltrate I think that's actually okay, to be honest. Uh, no. I, I mean, they're if it wasn't taking up points a, more than a strike team. I know, points. I get it, but I'd rather take I'd rather take Mandalorians or Wookies at that. I'd, I'd I'd rather spend the extra points 
on my special forces than spend the less points for like a naked four man squad that's going to melt because, you know, I mean, again, to bring you back to the point, if, if, if they were core, that'd be great. I would pay the 68 points for naked pathfinders infiltrating, you know, but because they're it's special forces slot is the, is the key there for me. Yeah. It's tough. It's tough to compete with Mando's Wookiees 2.0 and um, strike teams. Well, I, I do think that it's worth mentioning that, I think some rebel armies are going to start skimping on special forces slots. Like, I, I mean, Mandos and yeah. Woogies are good, but like, if you're running like double airspeeder, like running a naked path, I think becomes a lot more reasonable. I think it's interesting potentially. I also think if you're if you're gonna take Ion, this is the best way to take it. Just oh, in- I mean. That's because it's free. You don't really care about it. <laughs> I mean, he's got a great pool. They infiltrate, you know. So, uh, all right. Speaking of Wookies, Wookies minus six, Bowcaster minus three. They gain scale and duelist. It's an exceptionally good change for them. Um, having Pierce as a unit keyword, having two training slots, and now being like, I think I saw the math. They're like, they're actually the most like point for point powerful melee unit in the game that rebels have so wookies at 110 with like o push tenacity are doing some insane damage they're just fragile you know they have no save you kind of need guardian or some trick to shift the wounds around to get them in it's tough and like on open boards they are really vulnerable but I think it's I think the change was necessary. I think they're actually competitive again, which is nice because they're beautiful sculpts, and we I love to see their sculpts on the table. And you know, I think I think they could they could be successful. They bring they bring two tools that I think are important going forward for the rebel faction: um, a source of pierce, um, whether that's in melee or in you know in shooting ranged. Um, those are good especially like when you think about it right like clones again or red saving armies you have that the bowcaster obviously you could take a pot shop but obviously if you get the range two with them which is a lot easier with scale now and to do it safely i should say um pierce is really good ranged um the other thing that i think is good that i've circled on now a couple times is that they have a really good reliable dice pool both in melee and ranged which is really good against droids so where the the rebels were kind of struggling which is against clones and droids the wookies bring two tools that are really good to fight both armies so they're kind of like a tool like a like kind of like the linebacking tool that they always were but now they actually work because the points came down and and now you kind of look at them and say you know with these changes i kind of want them I think their role doesn't really change. I think they're still basically like your linebacker, anti-melee, anti-aggressive unit. Unit. Um, I don't know that you'd want to just take a bunch of Wookiees to try and like bum rush your opponent as a melee aggression strategy. I think if you want to do that, you still just take Tauntauns. But um, yeah, I think Wookiees are really a lot more interesting now. As a you know, one of the one of the weird things about the previous Rebel meta is that Tauntauns. And we'll talk about them in a second. Were most effective against other rebel lists, but there were arguably other rebel lists 
which got crushed by Tauntauns that were better against the other three factions than Tauntauns were. So you get this weird dynamic where, like, it's actually possible that Tauntauns are actively harming the rebel faction. Like, we've talked about this on the show before, because rebels lack a good counter to them, whereas the other factions have better counters to Tauntauns. So um, now that Wookiees are cheaper and also get some nice little buffs here, I think as a rebel you can... Like, if you want to run a Rebel list without Tauntauns in it and feel a little bit better about that matchup, you can run, like, a Wookiee unit. And yeah. Winning priority is going to be super important for you. Yeah. It's definitely not, like, a, a you know, an automatic win card or anything like that. But they definitely are... You can feel, like... So as someone leading up to the worlds that didn't happen <laughs> this year... Um, as someone that was trying to find a rebel list that didn't include Tauntauns that could handle them, I mean, almost any list, basically, like, whenever you face Tauntauns, it was deeply uncomfortable. Like, I'm starting this game in the hole as a rebel player. Yeah. Um, and now I think you have some tools. I think Mandos are another option. Um, but you have some more tools available to you that you can take where you don't just, like pull up across the table from a, a Tauntaun player and be like, oh crap, I'm screwed. Um, I think you now can feel like you have a fighting chance in situations like that. I wholeheartedly agree. Yeah. I, I do think that there, it'll be interesting to see like if Mandos are just better. I do think that if Wookiees are good, you're stapling offensive push to them now. Um, yeah. Like, because Duelist is real good. It is, and notably with Duelists, it's not like lethal. You spend the token, and you get both the benefit of spending the token. So in this case, you can reroll dice, and then you also get Pierce. So. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't... And now that they have, like, inbuilt scale, right, like, I think that you may just put scopes on them, too. Like, if you're taking push, like, it's possible. I don't, I don't know. They've got a good enough dice pool where, like, scopes is reasonable, I think. Yeah, potentially. Um, I think you probably still want to give them like recon intel or something like that in that gear slot. But yeah, I think there's a lot of interesting things you can do with them. I do think comparing them to Mandos, Mandos are much more aggressive and objective focused, which is why I mentioned the Wookiees as like a, a linebacker, you know, defensive style unit, because I think that's where they're probably a little bit better than Mandos. But if you want a unit that is going to be like a mobile hard-hitting special forces, I think you're still taking Mandos in that situation. Yeah, I don't know. I think a lot of people have not exper- experimented nearly enough with, like, a single unit of Mandos in, like, the Wookiee role. Or, like, the yeah. or like the full ARC trooper role. Like, Mandos are still really good in melee if, like, they have just been sitting behind a rock the whole game, you know? Um, I don't know. Uh, I think yeah. I think that there's room there. And I, I think a lot of the Mandos thus far have been, like, I'm taking all the mandos instead of yeah. like let's let's take this in moderation. I think um I think the reason you consider Wookiees over Mandos is wounds. Um like red dice do fail and when you take wounds on Mandalorians, it feels really really bad. You sound like you're going to um, cry, Zach. Is, it, is, is it this from experience? Sad, this seems like a deeply personal issue really for you, Zach. Um Whereas if you take some wounds on the Wookiees, it's not necessarily they can kind of eat them and like you're fine. Um, I mean, it's obviously not good, but it feels a lot less weighted. It really. 
Yeah, I mean you're trading you're trading some things for sure. Like they're they're definitely inherently different units, but jump is a big deal. You it can is. also say porque no los dos and run them with Cassian because volunteer mission is who targets and yeah. they can yep. both take O push. So yep. why not? And actually you can run one as you are one as a playmaker and one as a defender. And yep. just run them together with Cassian and be like, sure, come at me. I am trade up against your Jedi, generally speaking. Well, and the fact that this is we're even having this conversation in a way that is serious is is a testament to the fact that this is a good change. Yeah. We're like, we'll see in three or four months. But yeah. Yeah. Sure. We'll find yeah. out. Pessimist son of a bitch. All right. I just yeah, hey, you know, I, I think a lot of these changes are good. I just I'm not sure they're enough. You know, um, we'll see. Wookiees at 110, and they're one of the few units that Saber users cannot one-hit kill. Seems pretty good. <laughs> I just think it's great. I think it'd be fun to pair them with Jedi Luke with Barrier, see what happens. Yeah, see what happens. That's actually there. what I was messing around with the list, was was Wookiees with Cassian, Luke, and Luke has Barrier in it. Yeah, a lot of folks are looking at Barrier on Operative Luke now, or the lists like those. is really good on units with the white safes. Yeah, seems to be. Uh, all right, let's hit Tauntauns plus five. That's significant. Also, also worth mentioning here, standby sharing, not a thing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is kind of like a, a good, bad. I So, I don't know. Um, I'm not sure Tauntauns needed to go up anymore. Uh, I'm okay with it because I hate them. With, <laughs> with like the burning passion of a thousand fiery suns like i just i wish they could like go die in a hole and i never see him ever again um i, I can i can relate but, but you they're, know like they're like, they're probably fine in 90 but eh. i'm not sure that's i'm not necessarily sure that's true but you also i think alluded to something specific with tauntauns and don't get me wrong tauntauns are not the only unit in this category but there are some units and mechanics in the game that even if you set aside the balance portion of the conversation for a minute, it just feels like garbage to be on the wrong end of them. Yeah. You know? it's, I just um, like, I don't know. It's horrible. It's like the same thing. Like I hope dobacks are still trash because I don't want to go through that again. You know? Yeah, um, I agree. Yeah, I, I, and I get that it can be like fun to like roll your opponent over, but like, you shouldn't be able to roll your opponent with 300 points of your list, you know. Um, By charging directly at them. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. if you roll somebody with, like, really good op loot play or something, like, fine, whatever. But, like, you should, yeah. I, I mean, I think the thing here that's notable is that list building is completely different than it was before with Tauntauns, right? Like, before it was, like, Tauntaun spam was just, like, you didn't really have much more options after that. There's a lot more options now with all these changes is really what I'm getting at. Like, like rebels, rebels have a lot more list building options than they did the first wave of Tauntauns. If we're heading to the second wave. Um, I mean, I'm still not going to play them. I hate them still. So, well, yeah. my main concern is like their natural predator, their natural predator still exists, but it's much less good against them. Um, yep. You know, clones. Clones were just like, haha, good eye and all. <laughs> you know, and uh, um, I know taunt players probably hated that, but I, for one, reveled in it because I hate taunt taunts. Um, I'd also argue that we might see a lot more double AAT 
Um, and high, you know what care, doesn't care about your dodge tokens? High velocity. You know, it has a really good dice pool at range four with high velocity in both sets of dice and AAT. And, um, you know, sure, you'll have tables where you can hide those tauntauns, but then you're going to have those tables where you can't hide those tauntauns and they're just going to, it's going to look like the Battle of Naboo. But instead of having the Gungan shield over everything, it's not going to be there, and you're just going to see those AATs like just blow things up. I feel like an AAT could almost like a one volley. Like you just you don't even like use the high use the shell. You just barrage for all the suppressions, and then you're on four suppression. You're like, well, crap. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If you use Lockdard, yeah. Yeah. If you, yeah. Well, no, no, no. I'm talking about two AATs uh, both barraging. Well, I, I assume they should be dead at that point. They should be dead, Hopefully yeah. Hopefully they'd be dead by then. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I also think that, like, um, standby sharing being gone uh, is clearly good for Tons, but uh, I think the main reason that matchup was bad was Call Me Captain, um, or at least a substantial a portion of it. And it's still really good. So Yeah, yeah CMC uh, and our troopers punching is really devastating. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we'll see. Like, I, I do feel like Tauntauns never really got their time to shine specifically with Vital Assets because Vital Assets hit the scene kind of around the same time that standby sharing hit its stride. So I think it's possible that, you know, because Tauntauns have always been good at objective play and specifically forcing your opponent to clench up so that they cannot interact with the table and therefore objectives. And that was when you were limited to essentially like gun line objectives and then vital assets hits and you have a bunch of objectives that are favorable specifically to units like Tauntauns. And I think we just never really got to see an environment where, you know, you had that Tauntaun meta plus vital assets without standby sharing the natural predator of Tauntauns in the mix. Um, and I think you're right. I think clones are still going to be really good against them, and maybe that's enough to kind of gatekeep them. But I also think it's possible that we finally get to see what Tauntauns would have been like if you just took the Tauntaun meta and then added vital assets on top of it. I sure hope not, because it's going to... I think it's possible. I think, it, And maybe the plus five points kind of cuts against that. Right, because if you're running triple tauntauns, that's plus fifteen. R two gets plus ten, that's plus twenty five. That's a lot for a list archetype that was already kind of tight on points. So maybe this kind of like smooths that out, and we just get back to the point where they're sort of quote unquote normal. Um, I think I think but, tauntauns have a separate problem though, and that like you never just want one. Yeah, you know, and and I think that that's a kind of a They've got like the speeder problem, but right, they do. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens to Tauntauns. I think this is fine. Um, I I'm with I'm with you, Mike. I think if they were just deleted from the game, I would be happier. <laughs> so I can't complain about a points increase. It'll never but, go away. Never. Yeah. Uh. Anyway, speaking of things that delete things, the T forty seven air speeder. Um. Minus 10 points, gains surge critical, and the power harpoon is free, and wedge is one point. Scary now, this airspeeder. Legitimately scary. Man, like, did, did it really need the 10 point drop and the surge crit? <laughs> Actually, so um, I don't think yeah, the surge crit is that big a deal. I know. Really? Uh, That's a huge deal. 
That's a hot take. That is smoking hot. That is that is like fiery fire. That is All right, let me, fiery let me, hot. Let me put it this way, and and let me back up. I think people will get caught up in the like surge crit thing. It might as well be surge hit. Uh, sure, totally. And, but and they I didn't think, have that either. I, I I understand. I just like I, I think that's a very important distinction. Surge crit, like this is surge hit. The fact that it crits is kind of irrelevant. Um, it usually will not matter that it's a crit instead of a hit. Yes, I, I just. But previously it was a blank, so. Yeah, I mean it's. This fine. is a pretty. This is a significant upgrade from that. And again, pair it with the speeder changes that we talked about earlier. Like, you can kind of pick and choose how you want to move them, um, which is good. And you know, David alluded to, you know, bringing wedge. And you get that free, you know, free pivot. Um, like that's also massive. Um, anyone that anyone basically anyone that had been flying a T forty seven before these changes has one leg up on everyone else because um, I can assure you that I would love to play a T forty seven, but I don't know if I have any idea how to play it. <laughs> there, yeah. Well, now it's a little easier with the compulsory move changes too. So I do think it the. First of all, I love that, like, if this makes the 47 com- competitive, I think that's great because it's such an iconic unit. Um, you know, you watch Empire Strikes Back, and it's not Tauntauns that rampage onto the battlefield to slow down <laughs> the advancing AT-ATs. It's T-47s, right? So, like, I'd much rather see T-4- more T-47s on the table. And if this means we get to see more T-47s, I'm all for that. Yeah. The thing just has such raw firepower. You know, it can really it's it's a it can cleave through some some of those low save units. It's definitely gonna suffer against clones. But clones yeah. don't really bring impact right now unless they take a saver with an AP Who shell. Needs impact they don't need it. have aim tokens. Uh, and critical. Uh, you, you'd be surprised. You want it feels really bad so getting all your hits soaked up. Well, I mean like arc troopers can basically yeah. kill this in turn. Yeah, full arc troopers can just delete it. I believe in arc, arc sniper strikes, you're talking about one to two crits a turn for three yes. different units. Yeah. Right. So you can try to bleed them out, but R2D2 helps. And well, that's a different thing. Cheap yeah. Astromex help. But then we're talking about the support system around the T47. Right. I, I think that's the most important thing. I think what is happening here is not so much the T40s, like the buffs of the T47, I think, are fine. Um, but I just, I think, I think the whole thing around it is a much bigger deal. Um, just generally. I mean, you can now essentially do like 12 activation, double T47. Yeah. And, and like, it's not like 12 activations where like there's naked stuff running around. It's like, you've got DLTs and FD turrets and snipers, you know, and, I, I think that you you can basically have like a range four to five gun line with airspeed or backup. Um, yep. Yeah, I mean armor as a whole is changing because you know across all four factions, not just the T forty seven, is that the, is that the stuff that and I said this last cast I think is that the stuff you can insulate it with like you're saying means that you can't ignore the armor piece. Now I mean. Essentially, I don't think you ever ignored the T-47 because you had to kind of deal with it because it's flying in your face anyways. But the key the key component to all of those changes is the fact that if you do ignore it, the rest of the army is going to punch you in the face anyways, um, which is massive for the unit itself, like you were saying. 
so let's move on to the other speeder, which also got significant cuts, the X34, on top of the open transport changes. Minus 15 on the base. The weapons got various reasonably significant cuts. I mean, I think this is all gravy. I'm, I know I'm in like camp minority over here, but like I thought it was good enough as it was. Uh, I, I, you know, I don't know. Uh, what? You like are it. full of scorching hot takes. Like you are like, you are basically on Mustafar right now with I, these takes. I, I understand that. I, I think, I think that pre this points change stuff. The land speeder was maybe the most uh, underrated unit in the game, um, as far as what it brings to the table. Uh, I don't know. That's. Uh, I, I mean, about. the issue that I have with it, and I still have the same issue, um, is that it has armor two, and cut co- and essentially cover two, but dice pools in this game are so strong that it's still very fragile. It's essentially now the thing about it is that the points drop and how open transport changes is that it, you basically give meaning to glass cannon, right? Like you were basically giving meaning to glass cannon. It, it is exactly what it's supposed to be at glass cannon. It's going to either hit you really hard and die really fast or just die really fast and not hit you hard. Like it is what it is, it is, is essentially what it is. Um, if I were to play it, I probably would do it for memes and put Sabine in it and just go crazy with gunslinger and explosions. Um, whether that's good or not, I don't know. But it's still not something, I don't know, it's not something I would necessarily like playing. Um, but again, it should be it should be, should be be said, I don't like speeders. Uh, I never have. I probably never will, even with the changes. But I still think it's just too fragile of a unit. Like, was it 60 base um, is essentially, a, what, a Z6 rebel trooper unit I don't the, know. the firepower it brings is is not terrible the range three's yeah, gun yeah it's it's good yeah i mean i don't know my, like my preferred build is the the range four rocket ion gun but yeah i could i could see that being a thing is like maybe you put rider you put rider on it maybe and you can kind of slow it down and keep it at range four as long as you can with the compulsory changes like i could see that being a thing um I still think the issue is it, just, it has the propensity to to, to die. I, I can see still... it as I can see it as anti-vehicle. I just think if you wanted to pay nine more points for an airspeeder, you should just do it. Um, yeah, you're talking about roughly 130 points for this thing. Cut it out. Yeah, if, just if, buy just buy an airspeeder. Like, yeah, air, don't air waste your time. Durable. It's considerably faster. It has almost as much offense. Yeah, I mean, I think I just have secondhand PTSD from David's Lance Peter. Oh my god! You know, <laughs> so I'm never, I just, I'm never gonna live that down. I think oh, no. the Lance Peter, mortal foe. I think the Lance Peter has some significant inbuilt qualities that the Air Speeder does not. In that the Lance Peter is far more prone to sit in your army as it advances as opposed to the air speeder, which means your medic, your, your mechanics can keep up with it. And I think, yeah. I, I think that that's kind of important. Um, I don't know. I I'm, personally, I'm personally, the land speeder is much more my style than the air speeder is. And I think, I don't know. Uh, I do think, I do think the range for ion anti-tank build is moderately interesting. I think so too. 
Because you're talking about what impact three on a bunch of dice with ion at range four. Like you're gonna you're gonna make some double heavy players uncomfortable with that. Yeah, that hurts. <laughs> and if you put like uh, LTA on it, like you're gonna have two aim tokens every turn. Like, I mean, you can also like chew through a B one unit pretty easily with that pool. You know. Um, yeah. I don't for know. sure. All right, let's move on to this. Actually, applies to all four factions. Uh, whoa, I don't think we really time out real quick. We didn't talk about the most important thing with the land speeder. Um, you can put Han and Sabine in it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I alluded to it. I, like, put Sabine in it, gunsling, throw explosions out. Like, yeah. just, just do it all. It the, seems the, fun. The at 60 least. point Sabine land speeder, I think, is really good. Um, I, I agree with you there. I will agree with you there. Does she, I mean, she doesn't, she doesn't need to be faster. Uh, but here's the thing. I think you can just like drive her up, drop it off in the middle of an enemy army. Whereas like before, if you got suppressed, you were just boned, right? Like, yeah. And, just, and now uh... if you get suppressed, you're like, here's some bombs, and the speeder goes away. You know? Um, yeah, I, don't, I don't know. We'll I think see. the key. I think the key is that you're not using her activation to move. Sure. Right. right. That's that's, a, that's yeah. my main. That's thing. essentially what it is. You're not using her to move. You're using the land speeder to move her to then do other things. Yeah. yeah. Um. I, I think I think Han is more interesting just because he is actually slow. Yeah. Um, of course. That's why you do both. I mean, like. It's, <laughs> whatever. Double up. <laughs> hey, man. I think I would love to see a list like that succeed because that sounds hilarious. It, it's also. I mean, that's the, really. That's important. nothing. To, that's nothing nothing to sniff at really that's, you got two piercing gunslingers like you could delete some units real quick well you know, and i think it's quick. one of those lists where like if you're on the other end of that you know you roll up to your table and you're like ah, all right well this is gonna be a short game you know thinking that you're gonna win and then you get your clock cleaned in a way that's unexpected and you're like oh um wow that uh yeah, uh, hmm. don't know okay. what happened there. <laughs> One of those just embarrassing, like, how did I lose to this kind of situation? Right. Um, but it's actually better than you think. We'll see. I don't know. Uh, all right, let's do personnel upgrades. This applies to all four factions. Basically, everything that's not a medic or a heavy weapon upgrade got cut. Uh, in most cases, by three points. The B1s only got cut by one because they're B1s. Um, but in most cases, it's three points across the board for like the specialists, the captains, the officers, the generic extra dudes. Uh, I think that pretty much rounds out the list. What do you think of these in general, and then more specifically for rebels? Um, I think they're fine. Um, you know, I. It... Are you taking any of them? I think it's a bad. David's been flirting around with the idea, which I'm sure he's going to get to. For me personally, I don't. I think, I think there was a place to beef up your rebel troopers, and that was a while ago. I don't know if I, I feel like I would want to spend my points elsewhere, but I I can understand wanting to use like the captain for like situational awareness and some sort of build that brings like um, covering fire or something like that. Like I could see like like a Leia gun line or like a Cassian gun line that brings like covering fire maybe. And you have captains in the situational awareness and a DLT and kind of, now you're kind of getting that free dodge and you're actually making that work somewhat. Um, and you're saving yourself from like the, the range for chip shot back from other critical units. 
Um, but it's a lot of points, so I don't know. It's true. I mean, I specifically think that the, the most like standout ones here are probably the extra Rebel Trooper for seven points. I think that's actually really, really good because it ups your, you're adding a black dice and an extra wound. Like that makes your Z6 squads very punchy. Um, specifically in the Z6. I don't know about the DLT, but in the Z6, that actually makes you really punchy. Um, the captains at 11, also excellent, just because, um, you know, the situational awareness upgrade nimble is super strong combo. Um, the trouble, of course, is, you know, we're going to go back to way, way back to Legion Fundamentals, where it's like the dodge I take tells you which target to shoot, <laughs> makes it easier for your opponent to pick a target. And so you have to find some way to get all your dodges up all at once. Um, I don't know. I, I really think the captain and the naked rebel trooper, the normal rebel trooper, are like the ones that got the most out of this points shift. The officer, I'm kind of unclear on it. I think the rebel veteran naked, I mean, it's it's nice, but it's kind of a pity points change because you're probably going to just want to take the comps tech anyway for the uplink. I mean, like, you're, you're still interested in them running the veterans at 99 with uplink and comps tech and O push and making like actual shores. You know, at that point. Um, yeah. So I sort of feel like the personnel stuff, like they just like it's very clear that like nobody knows how much they should cost. Um, yeah. Like like in that like a rebel officer should not be in any way, shape, or form more expensive than a phase one clone captain. Like what? Uh, um and like also like i think the captain the rebel trooper captain is like cheaper than the rebel trooper specialist but it's definitely better yeah I, it's cheaper like, than the specialist but like worse yeah like 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 i don't understand there, there's some things going on here that i am not understanding i i do think that like the generic um like extra guy just like rebel trooper uh you know, stormtrooper, clone trooper, or whatever is a little bit more reasonable. Specifically, the B one extra dude, I think, is like, yeah, is like, you know, he's what five points now. Yeah. Um, but I think that there's just, it's it's. I think it's very difficult to judge how many points these these upgrades should be, um, and I feel like it sort of shows. Yeah, and the reason that these are getting such aggressive cuts is it's always, like, what's the price of an activation? Because activations are important in Legion. And if you're beefing up your squads with extra dudes, that means you're not taking an extra unit of dudes, potentially. So, you know, you better be getting a good benefit, like you do when you throw a heavy weapon in there, um, for putting an extra body onto the top of a unit. Yeah. Now, I think some of these are approaching territory where you'd consider that. You guys mentioned a couple of them already, right? The Rebel Captain. Um, you know, a Rebel Z6 is now 60... If you throw the extra body on there, it's now 67 points, which is one more point than a DLT without the extra body. And yes, they can't shoot at range 4, which isn't great, but they actually have better offense at range 3, and they have 6 wounds instead of 5. So... Yeah, I mean, it's not negligible. I do think that it's just like anywhere in the realm of like 10 to 16 points is like 
generally costs you more than 10 to 16 points to fit it into your list. It costs you a whole activation most of the the time. Right. And I think that's the problem we're fighting here. And I don't know. Some of these, like, I think, like, I could almost see, like, a Rebel Trooper being, like, seven points and a Specialist and Captain being, like, eight and nine. You know? And I think it would be... You know, we'd see them more, but I still think that they wouldn't get taken that often. Um, right. You know, um, I could. I don't even know if you could put a points total on the Rebel Specialist that would make me even think about it. <laughs> well, that, that, that's yeah. what I mean, right? Like, <laughs> like I almost like, feel like the Specialist could be the Rebel Trooper, and it would be fo- like fine. Like, why can't it be an AIM token? token. Just give me an AIM token, please. Yeah. Give me an AIM. Give me something I can use. Well, I mean, like. Know? I think it would be one thing if if the if the token were like free, like if it was basically the rebel trooper, but you got a dodge token whenever you wanted it, so that you could just have nimble for the turn. I think it'd be fine, As- assuming that you're willing to pay that points cost for the extra body already, right? Um, yeah. But I think the problem is that the the rate for an extra body has never really been like we've hit it real well, and I and I think the only faction that it feels like that happened in is separatists um yep agreed so. all right uh let's move on to these two changes are kind of related operative luke minus five jedi mind trick no longer can target operatives and commanders so much for ragdolling general grievous which was one of my favorite things to do <laughs> yeah with operative a, luke a substantial nerf to jedi mind trick um so it's actually the the nerf is significantly more extensive than that and i didn't realize this until i took a second pass at it uh jedi mind trick is only range one now so i think that is possibly a typo because if you look at the actual card image i the card image i understand i just like again we don't know like yeah yeah i know (laughs) super gray yeah it's 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 not it's not clear the blue text text says the blue text says range one which would make it basically useless. I, you could I mean, rip the card I, I, in half. I think, like literally, rip the card in I half. I think rules as written. To be clear, that is what it is, and it okay. is useless. I, yeah. I mean, we we can argue so. about what it's supposed to be. I'm gonna argue that the card, the printed card text, supersedes the RRG. It, an errated card text definitely supersedes card text. That's what errated text is. Well, the, the image is the, uh, the image says one is, to two. I yeah. I understand, but like, and the image that is, is not what the golden the text, rules right? say. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, yeah. we can argue we can okay. argue uh, endlessly about whether it's supposed to be range uh-huh. one or range one to two. We'll um, never know. <laughs> I mean, we've uh, we'll end up ruling it some way for Invader League. Uh, I'm pretty sure we actually already ruled it. We did, but I don't, yeah. I don't think that ruling is public, so I don't want to. Yeah. Um, but uh, I hope you guys didn't screw that up. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it keeps getting worse than last season, so you know, because I, I think this is really clear and it's not close. Well, but Invader, so Raw is one thing, but if we're running our own tournament, we do whatever we want. So, I think sort you can of, look at, I, I take yeah, it that, but that's something a different conversation for a different day. Online yeah. tournaments don't matter. Ah! I think they do oh. matter, and I think that that's why we shouldn't be changing the rules, but that's again. I think maybe I think arguably we're not, but this is a totally different conversation. So let's talk about my. You know what? You're not playing Legion. You're just obstacling it. You're just playing your. No, never mind. (laughs) All right, minus five Jedi Luke. Uh, 
it's really 10 points if you were already Thanks. bringing reflexes, right? Yeah, reflex Correct. is also minus five. So, I mean, that's that's not insignificant. Sure, let's get the um, best course user in the game a cut. I don't know. <laughs> I uh, I don't think you needed this. It's not salt. I, I, I just like... It does seem kind of unnecessary. He's good. He is not it, the best. Well, I think it's is, interesting that Operative Luke gets the cut. And not Commander Luke. And not Commander Luke. Yeah, you know. Right. That's you know, the weird one to me. I actually, I I don't think either should have gotten a cut. I think. Oh both, no, both, I I totally both agree. Were insanely playable already. <clears throat> um, as a as a as the token operative Luke player, I agree. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Like, like I just, I mean, like I get that like operative Luke wasn't seeing a ton of play, but like, uh, <clears throat> you know. He, he was still very good, and I think most people, good. like, he's got a very high skill ceiling, that's, and, and that's the problem yeah. with Operative Luke. Five points isn't going to change that. I I think that he's still, like, congratulations, Kyle Dornbos gets five points back in all his lists. Like, <laughs> just, to be, just to be clear, having a three-up save and deflect is not skill. Well... That's, that's that's not really what not it is. What I mean, it's more uh, about it's about positioning and and uh, knowing when to and when yeah, not to engage. Okay, sorry, twelve activations is not skill. There, I don't know. It's, it's things are who's, built in. Who's salty now, David? I'm not salty if at all. Was, I'm if you, that was I'm the case, it is. You don't I, yeah, but if that was the case, then operative Luke would have been running rampant. If that's really what, if that's like the hill you want to die on. Like the I thing mean, is that is well, that Op Luke wasn't being played. He wasn't, and he got a points drop. End of story, in my book. Sure, but if it was cut and dry like the way you were putting it, like, then that means everyone's having a field day because you got the five-point drop. But I think the players that are having the field day are the ones that are already playing Jedi. People are already not playing Jedi because of points efficiency competitively. Like, well, it's, it turns into a, an efficiency thing where I'm relying on a, on a seven-wound uh, red-saving unit for 200 points where I could actually spend those points on right. two sets of Tauntauns. It's a like, race to the bottom. Well, that was I, the whole the whole different thing. Whereas playing a Jedi takes an actual skill set because you have to know how to maneuver around the table properly. I think I, so. Do Tauntauns? Tauntauns yeah, maneuver. I'm not saying Tauntauns. I'm not saying Tauntauns have a. I'm not saying Tauntauns have a a low skill floor. I'm saying I mean, that I do, but yeah. I'm saying that like, I'm what I'm saying is that you can get two Tauntauns for the price of one Operative Luke and. Fair. A lot of people look at it and say, oh, with binary code, I'm going to take the two Tauntauns because I'm getting the same production out of them than I would with one unit. And it's not its not as cut and dry as, well, this unit has red saves with deflect on all the time. It's completely different than that. Well, um, and if that was the case, you would have seen Operative Loop being played more. I think he was only like, I don't know, in, in Vader League, he was only like in three of the... 68 i mean 64 to, you know top 64 lists or something like that yeah. well so like, to be fair and i want to i like i think judging operative luke in the standby sharing meta is not fair like no, i agree you know, I, I, it's just like uh, okay it's what, it's what we had to work with it is what we had to work with but i just like um, you know, I mean, if, if, if we rewind gonna... to before that, he was plenty successful, right? Yeah, and, I, and that's how I in, feel. In like a, I killed by Tons in a, in a handful of inst Yeah, well, yeah. well, here's the thing though, Kyle. <laughs> and, and I don't, David, too soon. I don't, 
Okay, I don't have really? I don't have the numbers in front of me. Under, I had to hear it about the land speeder for months. Okay, <laughs> but if I were to go back, but if I were to go back and look at the numbers from the Invader League that you played, Operative Luke Kyle, which was Invader League season four, mm. I guarantee you that Operative Luke numbers are still way lower than what you would expect them to be. And that was in a non, well, it was still in a standby sharing world, but not with not the way it was in Invader League season five. No, like no matter what, those Luke numbers were always lower. Than what they norm like what you would expect them to be and that's because people are afraid to put that many points in a single unit such as luke skywalker exactly. people I, hate variants i mean they that's fair but like uh is operative luke cheaper than like dooku now only, only by yeah points. only by five points but yes constantly the same cost because you you make up for it by having cheap ass core so yeah well and duke is a commander you still need to actually right, take a commander, a commander. Take yeah that's the other part of this whole equation but i think the point here is if i can sort of round out this conversation about five points off operative luke <laughs> is that if you're if you're an operative luke player you already know that and if you're not an operative luke player you also already know that and this is not going to move people from category a to category b or vice versa right it's just going to be a five point discount for people that were already playing operative luke one. Can we all agree on that, at least? Yes, yes. absolutely. Definitely. I don't think okay. it's close. Okay. So I think that's essentially what we're all saying, yeah. uh, which is fine. So I'm going to get five points off my operative Luke and, uh, <laughs> and call it a day. I'll be excited about it. Um, all right. I think that actually... Oh, there's one more thing to talk about. So there's this brand new command card that I've never heard of before. Um, <laughs> it's called Sabotage Communications. So what this brand new, never before seen, completely before unreleased command card does, I'm being facetious. Uh, previously, it was quite bad. This was released in the specialist pack for Rebels. Um, but now it has been errated to essentially have a, a brand new effect. You can only issue one order from your command card. Your opponent can only issue one order from their command card when you play this. It's a one pip. has to be an operative or special forces. Yeah, Maybe. I mean, I guess if you're, like, trying to, like, get tax strike, sure. I think this is an amazing counter to tactical strike specifically. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just, like, a question of, like, so if if tax strike is, like, dominating the meta, sure, take it. But I don't think that's going to happen, and therefore I'm not sure this card is good. Um, I it's, mean, like, it's... You know, I mean the issue is, yeah. Well, I was gonna say the issue is you're probably bringing a commander and an operative most of the time, anyways, and they probably have a better one pip than this card, and it's gonna be hard pill to swallow, right? Um, now, obviously, if you're bringing like, you know, Baldy McGee, and that's all you have, and you're Whoa. running like this, like, can can, we, can you like totally back it up? Who and what is Baldy McGee? Baldy McGee, the gen- the generic. He's just Gideon. Gideon Argus is well. Oh, I don't okay. know if he's technically right, Gideon, right. but but if you if you're just bringing the generic, who got a five point drop, right? He's down to forty five. If you're bringing just the generic, uh, I mean, I mean, well, obviously that's the only option you really have, except for I guess maybe blast off because you're probably bringing R two as well. But like, I I think that you're gonna see some t47 generic officer like list that brings this card and someone's gonna throw tax strike on the table like you're saying and then you're gonna be like well this doesn't feel good um notably 
It's also probably good against clankers, but not as good because oh, it's terrible probably, against clankers. Yeah, you just give the order to fives, fives gets another one out, and you take right. a two tank clanker shot anyways. Yeah, exactly. So like, if I mean, obviously, if the list doesn't have fives, it's 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 good. But I mean, you're probably bringing fives in a clone list. <laughs> just to be clear, if you're running clones and you don't have fives in it, you did it wrong. <laughs> yes, you should have fives in your clone list. Yeah, it's not great against flankers. It's it's specifically very good against tactical strike. Decent against a handful of other cards out there. But yeah, I mean, Rebels have a lot of competition for command cards because they have so many characters that are competing for attention. So, And you can run multiple of them in a list. Like, you know, you're not taking this over Blast Off or any of loot cards. You're not taking it over Crack Shot. Um, you're not taking it over Explosions. So... Yeah, I think there are some situations where you're going to run this and be happy about it as like a tactical strike counter. Um, I think if tactical strike becomes like a top meta thing, you know, there's there's a little more convers bit of a conversation where you're talking about replacing one pips with it. But so the one place that I really could see this in is a solo. Never mind. Never mind. I'm 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 spitballing in my head. I guess like a solo Cassian list where he like uh, infiltrates. <clears throat> I could see that. Yeah, I guess. But you know, you're never really but, running solo. But Cassian you're not doing that. I yeah. yeah yeah yeah. Um, I had a thought in my head and it broke down like halfway through through me saying yeah, it. So that's right. Why well, are you running solo Cassian? Because you're running Mandalorians and Wookies. <laughs> Maybe I don't know. I think you're running Cassian Opley. It's really it's really game. funny. I actually have a I actually have a list in my builder right now that is not Opluke, but it's a unit of Mandos and a unit of Wookies. Arguably better. I don't know. Maybe. All right. Did I did I miss any important rebel changes? I don't think so. I think we got. I don't one. know. If we did, there's a lot of them. Yeah, if we did, <laughs> there's a lot. You should tell us about it when you comment oh. on the YouTube video that we're going to be minus, minus ten points to commandos, full squad. Oh, I actually think that's even that, that unit nobody plays. Because okay. um, what the full commandos with sniper is what sixty eight now or something? Sixty eight. Yeah, that's, that's not super terrible. reasonable. <laughs> it is. Maybe we should uh, do rebel horde lists now, where we just run all the core possible in three units of sniper commandos. Like, like sub sub special sub seventy special like full special forces units with Pierce and sharpshooter at range three. Like, yeah, it doesn't seem bad. I mean, just to be clear, they basically have an arc range three arc trooper pool. Like, it's it's not quite that good, but it's, like, it's not for the record. It's not sixty eight. It's seventy eight. Oh, oh, okay. Uh, that's less good. <laughs> they're they're fi- they're fifty naked. The sniper rifle's twenty eight. So I like forget everything I just said. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but you know what? To make something out of it, right? It goes to show you the importance of ten points on a unit, right? Well, like sixty eight w- is reasonable. Seventy eight, you're just like, no, no, thank you. Yeah. You know? I do think that, like, uh, if you're not looking to take strike teams, like, maybe you take these as, like, uh, I mean, they're better than, like, a naked rebel trooper unit. It, like, sharpshooter, and they've got surge to hit, so they're actually, they're like vets with sharpshooter, naked. Yep. Yeah, with encourage too. Yeah, not horrible. I don't know. It's, it's, yeah, it's whatever. I don't know. Meh. 
There's so many other good. There's so much competition for that special force. Oh yeah, there is. Oh, there also so many good special forces options. Yeah. I mean, to circle back to something way before, I probably would play naked rebel commandos over naked pathfinders. Believe it or not. Because uh, I I know that you're gaining infil. I know you're losing infiltrate, but you're you're gaining. You're just it's essentially the same wounds, uh, and they completely fill a different a different role, in my opinion. Same, same wounds, still up but a, you can put still... them anywhere you want, as opposed to yeah, but, and danger sense. And it, yeah, but um, you're basically you basically you're taking your your naked rebel commandos and keeping them like a like a naked core, like you were just saying. Whereas pathfinders won't feel like a naked core; they'll feel like something that could be flapping in the breeze. Even though I think I don't know, I, don't, I think you. Have I, don't, had I wouldn't take either one. experience but... colored in some way that makes you feel like they die easier than commandos do, and the fact is that they, they die the same. No, oh, yeah. pathfinders are actually a little ah. bit more resilient. Yeah, and infiltrate helps you get in safer positions. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well. All right. So. Uh, forty seconds each. High level. Where do you think? Where do you think this? All these changes leave rebels. Go. I have no strong feelings one way or the other. Worst take ever. Um, I think rebels are probably. I would put them in my like predicted meta. I think they're probably number two behind separatists moving forward. I would. Um, I think that they're they have a lot of high activation lists that have a lot of firepower in them, and it's kind of scary on paper. Um, you're going to see a lot of experimentation, and then you're going to see that some of the stuff that looked great at the beginning of these changes aren't as good as what they might be, and they fall back into a similar pattern that they did before. I think you'll see some units kind of break into actual competitive lists on a permanent basis, particularly vets, possibly T-47s. I do think, you know, we talked about some of the characters like Han and Jin. I think that they will continue to be on the shelf, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, we'll see. I'm sort of excited. I do feel like it's a little bit of a... I feel like this is the most open that Rebel list building has felt probably since release. Uh, and that's exciting. So, and this is also the most open that separatist list building has felt since release, but that's always been true. So, wrecked. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, well, let's close this thing out. We've been talking for a while, and uh, I don't think we'll have an RG three to talk about next week. So we'll have to come up with something else to Oof, talk about. Kyle, too soon. <laughs> Too soon. Yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. That was that was bad. All right. Well, we are the Notorious Scoundrels. I'm Kyle. I'm Mike. I'm David. I'm Zach. Stay fresh, cheese bags. Mm-hmm.